I'm trying something new this week. Instead of sharing the mic with a guest today, I'm actually here solo to share 10 things I've figured out after producing the first 10 episodes of this podcast. Uh, And I'll share a few things I haven't really figured out as well. Welcome to Figuring It Out, the podcast for millennials navigating life in our 20s and 30s. I'm your host, Melissa Guller, and each week we explore a new topic on work, relationships, lifestyle, and more. In the absence of a guest this week, I thought I'd do something I really haven't done yet. Introduce myself. I'm Melissa, and I help people level up their lives. By day, I have a great job as the head of special projects at Teachable, an online tool that lets anyone create and sell their own online courses. I've also been a top-rated instructor at General Assembly New York for just over two and a half years, and I have over 1,300 students currently enrolled in my Skillshare class called What Great Managers Do Differently. Now, if it isn't obvious from both my full-time gig and my side hustles, I feel really passionately about just helping people gain new skills and feel really confident that they can pursue whatever it is they're thinking about. Um, But outside of work, I live in Brooklyn, and I run a brunch club on meetup.com, and I also sing in a pop and rock choir, and I always carry a book on me, whether it's a physical book or a book on my phone. Um, Oh, and I love ice cream. So to set the scene for you, it is a rainy Saturday morning here in Brooklyn, and I'm recording here at home. I like to call it a studio, but that's just my fancy term for my microphone on a stand at my desk. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about the 10 things I figured out after producing these first 10 episodes. Uh, A few are about podcasting specifically, but most of them fall under the broader category of things I've learned about launching something brand new, and specifically something I'd never done before. I'm also going to talk, of course, about some of the stuff I haven't quite cracked the code on yet. Um, And much as I think about those as challenges, I also think, to me, that's the biggest opportunity. Um, I love that there's so much that I don't know yet, and I'm excited to jump right in. So by the end of this episode, you'll learn why I started this podcast in the first place, Um, and I'll share where the name came from. Then, of course, I'll talk through what I've learned so far, including just a few helpful tools um, and some advice about podcast world. Plus, I'll share the surprising best part about running this podcast so far. It's definitely not what I expected. But more than anything, we'll talk about what I'm still figuring out. So let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so let's start with the why. Why did I start this podcast? Okay, well, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at Melissa Guller, you may have seen I did a recent post where I shared that the first time I considered starting a podcast was actually 2015. It is now 2018. So as you can see, those are not the same year. Three years has um, gone by in the meantime. And in 2015, I was first starting to do some online business coaching and some career coaching. And I was tutoring Excel classes and I was teaching at General Assembly. And when I was first considering the podcast... I think that the medium was the most interesting part because 
I had started writing a few blog posts, but I didn't love the feeling that it was one-way communication. I felt like I was just talking and kind of throwing it out into the world. But with a podcast, what I really loved is that you could listen to interviews or see the banter between two co-hosts. And even beyond that, just hearing somebody's voice and the way that they were speaking right literally into my ear, I felt like that was much more personal. And I got a better sense of who they are via listening more than I really ever could in writing, even though I really enjoy a lot of blogs and a lot of articles. So the podcast format is what first spoke to me. And I also knew I wanted to reach a lot of people, and I just have this personal mission to empower more people so that they feel competent and confident to go after whatever it is they're thinking about. And I am sure that part of that stems from the fact that I'm the oldest of three girls, and I fit just every oldest kid stereotype in the book. So I've always tried to figure life out so that my sisters had a little more knowledge than I did, like, you know, which history teacher to avoid or how to set a budget after college. So I got used to being a role model, but I also learned that I really enjoyed teaching and I have this natural curiosity about how to live my own best life. And I thought others might want to do the same. So figuring it out was born as a way for me to ask questions that my friends and I talk about, but then bring in a pro or an expert or do research to help more people find answers or at least find a starting point. Now, in terms of why the format, I really love curating content. I'm constantly recommending books or apps to friends, and I wanted to do something that would showcase other people and their expertise. So that brings us to why the name. And my oh my, will my friends and sisters tell you that I really struggled with choosing a topic and naming the podcast. I think when you're naming anything, there's this weight to the decision because you know that's going to evoke the first impression of your blog, your podcast, your business, and you want it to somehow be specific enough that people might know what you're talking about, but also not necessarily so literal or so interesting. So in any case, I went back and forth. I bought several domains I didn't need. I second-guessed just about everything, but what really spoke to me about figuring it out And why I'm glad that I chose the name is because I realized two things. First, I didn't want to let my lack of certainty about the topic or any of that stop me from just starting and getting something off the ground. And so a big part of the spirit of this podcast is that I don't really know what season two or the future looks like. I know that I wanted to get started and I knew I had some starting questions, But I'm open to just kind of starting as a beginner and seeing where things go and letting listeners like you share with me what is working and what isn't so that I can adapt to fit your needs. The second part of the name, though, has to do with my general approach and spirit. So to me, figuring it out has this sense of, well, if I don't have the answer, I'm going to try something. I'm going to be a problem solver. I'm going to have this can-do attitude instead of just giving up before I've started. Lastly, I also like that it doesn't imply that I think I know all the answers. I am no number one world-class expert. I am just like you. I'm starting projects like this podcast. I'm working in the tech scene. I'm teaching. I'm always growing and learning. 
And I never want to assume that I know everything. I think I'd be bored if I did. So to me, figuring it out has this sense of learning about it, where I'm always trying to find new information and I'm working with you to do that. It's like we're partners or we're friends. Like we might hang out at a coffee shop on the weekend where I definitely always am. So I think with that, it's time to talk about the 10 things that I figured out after producing the first 10 episodes of this podcast, starting with some positives. Okay. Number one is plan ahead. This is not necessarily something new to my lifestyle. I am a planner. I'm a project manager. I am a spreadsheet whisperer. I legitimately love Excel. Like this is no lie. I teach these classes, um, but I really enjoy being organized and thinking things through. And I've, I've kind of joked that if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. But to me, planning ahead in this podcast context means things like I schedule my social media posts in advance and I actually batch writing them. And that's been such a huge um, stress release because I used to wake up in the morning and have to be clever on the spot and find a picture. And it really felt like I was spending a lot of time just on Instagram. But I use later the app, but there are certainly many scheduling tools. It's an app and a desktop web browser application. Um, But just being able to plan that ahead has been a much better, more efficient use of my time. Similarly, I record these podcast episodes way in advance. So I actually have the next few episodes already recorded, and I have a few more scheduled, and I have almost the next eight to 10 topics already lined up. I also make sure that my guests feel prepared. So I send all of my podcast guests a very detailed logistics guide and questions to make sure that we have a great, very productive, uh, value-packed episode for you. So that includes everything from what kind of space should they be in? They should find a quiet place. They should have headphones so that their um, computer doesn't pick up the sound of the computer itself replaying my voice. Um, And I also prep the questions. So I share exactly what questions I'm going to use to open, usually a few about the guest, and then I get into the bulk of the episode. And I think this kind of prep has really helped me find valuable information from the guests because they can feel prepared when they walk in and then give you great cohesive knowledge in return. Even this particular episode has a very detailed outline of the 10 things I knew I wanted to cover. So I didn't script every word of every single one of these items, uh, but I did script the intro and the outro of every episode to make sure that they cover everything I want concisely. So the interview itself isn't scripted. But what really helps bind everything together is the fact that we know what the main points are that we'd like to hit, which results in a cohesive episode. Really, the takeaway from all of this prep is that if I'm more prepared and ahead of the game and the guest feels prepared, the result is a better product, a better episode. Plus, honestly, the scheduling planning, all of it makes sure that I don't go crazy and feel like I'm forgetting things. So that's number one is plan ahead. Number two, ask for help. Okay, here's what this all comes down to. Just because I have the skills to do something doesn't mean that I have the time to do it all. So I have really big goals for this podcast in my own future as an online business owner, and that means that I have to be really intentional about how I spend my time. So a great example for this podcast has been editing. 
I started off doing the editing myself and I actually really like it. I like all this techie stuff. I have a music background and I did coincidentally edit this episode myself because I wanted to say I edited my first solo podcast. But when I was editing early episodes, I found that it took me between like four to seven hours to cut down 45 to 60 minutes of audio into a cohesive 30-ish minute episode. And let me tell you, I, I frankly, I don't have five hours every week to be doing that. So I now have an editor. And that was a tough pill for me to swallow because part of the appeal to podcasting for me is the fact that I'm kind of techy and I like all this stuff. Um, but the honest truth is that editing is something very outsourceable. And a lot of the other aspects of growing this vision I have are things that only I can do. So I have to be really intentional about what are the tasks that only I can do and where can I ask for help in order for this to grow in the way that I have planned. So that's number two, ask for help. Number three, guests are gold. So, okay, not everybody I've reached out to has said yes to being on the podcast, but most of my guests have been people that I did cold outreach to on the interwebs. And I've been very surprised to find that most people I've reached out to about joining have said yes. Now, let me put an asterisk on that and say that I'm not emailing A-listers. I've been focusing on finding up-and-comers, people who have a small following and are really starting to pick up steam and are doing interesting things who I think need a platform to just expand a little bit more. Um, but certainly some podcasters have had luck getting celebrities, so I don't want to dissuade you. It is a little more challenging, I'm sure. But really the takeaway here is that there's no harm in asking. So that's been a pleasant surprise for me. But what I'm also realizing is great about the podcast format, and this has been perhaps the most surprising thing to me, is that it's a very genuine way to connect with somebody and to get to know them. So instead of the usual networking approach, where we're often kind of in it for ourselves and something that we need, even if it's authentic, with podcasting, it feels more mutually beneficial to me. I get to show somebody off, somebody I think is awesome, and in exchange, my only real hope is that they offer value to my audience and ideally bring me some new listeners from their world. But I love being able to showcase smart people doing really incredible things. Plus, once the conversation starts, I've kept in touch. Like I said, I didn't know most of these people before asking them to join the show, but now I'm regularly in touch with many of the guests and I know I'd be comfortable reaching out to most of them in the future too, to check in or to see how things are going. And this is the kind of connection I don't think I could have personally built at a networking event. Not that you couldn't, depending on your style. Um, and I have to say, it's been nice having some more online business people to talk to about their challenges and their advice. So to recap the first three, we've covered number one, plan ahead. Number two, ask for help. Number three, guests are gold. And now we're into number four, which is trust your decision-making. <laughs> this is still a work in progress for me, I'll admit. But there are so many decisions to make at first when I was launching, and I often felt overwhelmed. Where should I build my website? What WordPress theme should I use? Which podcast host do I use? Which audio equipment is best? I mean, I could go on and on. And the decision-making plagued me quite a bit at first. 
as I mentioned earlier in this episode, I really wondered if I picked the right topic. And then I also wondered if I picked the right website theme or the host that was giving me the best data, um, the podcast host, not a, a human host. And I just kept wondering if I was missing out on something. But what I realized now is that there's really no such thing as a perfect podcast host where my audio lives. There's no such thing as a perfect anything. Um, so in the words of my smart friend, Roderick Daniels, he said, whatever decision you make is the right decision because you made it. And I remember when he floored me with that knowledge when we were getting lunch. And at the time I was considering which apartment to move into. And that advice has really stuck with me that whatever you, decision you make, that's just, it's the right one because you made the choice. And I try to use that as a grounding philosophy when I question my decisions, because in the moment I thought that was the best choice. And that's really all you have to go on is the research and then a gut feel. And then you just have to move forward. The longer I spend dwelling on decisions, the longer I'm not trying something new or moving my podcast in a positive direction. So worst thing that happens is I make a different decision later. Um, but that's number four and very much a work in progress for me is to trust your decision making. Then the last number five in this list of the positives, the first half of the 10, is that focus is key. I can't stress enough how much I've needed to eliminate distractions, but the distractions most of us think of are things like Facebook or, you know, internet things. And I do have a few tips about that. Like when I'm in the zone on something like episode prep, I've made the screen that I'm working on full screen so I can't see the navigation bar. I can't see other tabs. I can't see notifications. Um, and as I started doing that, making my outlines full screen or my prep guides full screen when I was working, it was very humbling to realize just how often I would like creep my cursor to the edge of the screen without even realizing that I was doing it. It's like my brain just went on autopilot and I didn't have any need to leave the page. I was just racing around and my brain said, oh, maybe let's go to Facebook or some other non-productive, non-productive, distracting, like internet rabbit hole. And almost of its own accord, I'm just hovering over blank tabs. But when I was full screen, I was able to catch myself a little bit. It's a work in progress, but focusing has been helpful. Then I also have two other notes on focus. So one is that I like to identify the single most important thing to focus on right now. So even more than the standard distractions of things like the internet or like snacks are a big distraction for me. I'm like very attuned to food. Um, a big distraction for me has been things that are sort of about podcasting, but are not the most important thing I need to be doing right now. So I'll read articles about like promoting your podcast with Facebook ads or different types of social media templates that I could be using. This is like procrasta working is the term that I like to use because these are valuable resources. But the fact is, I don't need to be looking at social media templates. I don't even need to be worrying about Facebook ads. Right now, in the moment, the most important thing for me to be working on happened to be scripting out an episode. This one, very meta. But it's tougher to feel like those kinds of 
tasks aren't productive, like Facebook, you know, in your gut, you're like, I shouldn't be here. This is not doing anything for my big goals. But when it's sort of related, like if it's an article about podcasters, best advice about started po- starting a podcast, it's easy for me to trick myself into thinking it's productive. Um, but that's why I like to identify and I actually write down the single most important task I need to accomplish each day. And then I work on a top three system. So I like to write down, if nothing else, these are the three things I'm going to get done today. And I do it at work. And then I have three that I do for the podcast itself every day and growing my online world. So focus to me comes in two parts, focusing on eliminating obvious distractions, but then also focusing on what's actually important versus procrastinating working or what feels like important. If it helps, one tool that I've used is, uh, it's called pocket, getpocket.com. That allows me to save articles very easily and then read them later. Or I also have started up a few just ongoing notes on my computer. I've used um, Evernote or the Notes app. Both are great depending on your preference. And if I find myself constantly reading about a certain topic, I'll just make a list of those articles for later because I know if it's not really the most important thing right now, it's a distraction. So I save it and then I come back to it when I need it. So to quickly recap the positives and the first five useful lessons I've learned about this podcast so far out of our top 10, we've got plan ahead, ask for help, guests are gold. That's been the most surprising thing, the great relationships I've built with the guests. Number four, trust your decision-making. And number five, focus is key. So now we're going to move into the next two. And numbers six and seven are podcast-specific. So if you have ever thought about podcasting, I did want to include two specific learnings for you. So number six is podcasting is a bigger commitment than blogging and more complex. As I say it out loud, I'm sure it sounds a little bit obvious. In your mind, you can compare the effort level of writing a blog post and producing a podcast episode. The blog post is a single person endeavor. You write the words, perhaps you find some links, some graphics. Of course, you might need to do research. But with podcasting, you're still writing out something to prep. You're still doing research. Plus, you might have to find a guest. You have to do the recording. Somebody has to do the editing. There's just so much that goes into one episode. Um, But beyond that, I want to talk about the second half, that it's not just a bigger time commitment. It's also more complex. Something that I've uh, not figured out is when I'm driving somebody to iTunes, that doesn't help me build up traffic or credibility to my own website, melissaguller.com. So something I've struggled with is, do I send listeners directly to iTunes and give them a great experience? Or do I need to send people to my own website to help me build up my traffic, to get people introduced to my world and the other things that I have to offer to people who are hoping to start up their own online business or level up their life? So that's an interesting, something I didn't consider, I guess, before I started podcasting. Also, podcast stats are limited at best. So any of the podcast hosts, what that means is most people are familiar with a website and that's a place where you might host a blog, an about page, something about your business, but podcasts are audio files. 
And so those audio files don't live within my website. They live within um, another site. I use Buzzsprout, which I've been really enjoying. I actually switched over after the first five episodes on a different platform. Um, But Buzzsprout hosts my audio content and then shares the audio content with my website and iTunes, Spotify, all of these other directories. So the podcast host is really the audio host. And aside from that complexity just existing, the fact that you need one, um, within that podcast host, you get stats. But I can see things like how many listeners I have, uh, but I don't really get to know where you guys came from, how you found the podcast, what you're enjoying. Um, So by the way, I'd always love to hear from you. Uh, You can email me at melissa at figuringitoutpodcast.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, and I'm very engaged there with a lot of my followers. But I'd love to always just hear, like, what's working for you, or even how did you find this podcast? The last part about this podcasting is a bigger commitment section is that I, uh, this sounds so obvious to say, but with a podcast, I release one episode per week. With a blog, you can release much more content regularly. You don't have to, but one episode per week doesn't actually give me a whole lot of real estate. It means I only get to talk about four topics per month. So I have to be very thoughtful about what I choose to produce and what messages I'm trying to share. All of which can be wrapped up under this umbrella that podcasting is just more complex and a bigger commitment necessarily than blogging. And one final thought before we move on to number seven is that with a podcast, I had to commit up front to the topic and the kinds of episodes I wanted to produce. And I do feel like I have a little bit of leeway there. But with a blog, it might be, with an asterisk, might be more straightforward to start producing blog posts and then to see which ones naturally gain traction, which ones are getting views, which ones are getting engagement via comments if you're doing that, which ones are ranking on Google using SEO tactics. Um, So a blog might be a little bit more lightweight, more of a starter version before you go into a podcast. But I've really been enjoying podcasting, so I don't want to deter you from doing it. I just want you to know that it is not a light time commitment. That brings us to number seven. If you want to start a podcast, make sure you have an ideal listener in mind. This has been perhaps the biggest aha of planning out my own episodes. At first, I thought I was just targeting ambitious millennials. And even that I knew was a very wide net. And to be very brutally honest, I think I might need to narrow that down for future seasons because it's very hard to target that broad of an audience. There are so many millennials with different interests and goals. But something that has helped me is identifying one ideal listener And her name is Erin. She's fictional. I actually have a whole write-out. She lives in Brooklyn. We would probably be friends if she were real. Um, But when I think about which episodes and topics I want to produce, if I ever have a tiebreaker in my mind about should I produce an episode about, you know, topic A versus topic B, I always ask, well, what would be most useful to Erin? That helps me keep a consistent message, a consistent tone. Um, And I always want to make sure that she would want to listen to every episode because the only way I believe I'll build a listener following is if I build a podcast that people want to come back to. 
So it was important to me that even though I'm talking about varied topics, that there was some kind of thread, something that would make a listener come back. So that's number seven. If you want to start a podcast, make sure you have an ideal listener in mind. To recap the two about podcasts, number six, podcasting is a bigger commitment than blogging and more complex. And then number seven, if you do want to start a podcast, make sure you have that listener in mind. We've moved pretty pretty quickly, I think, through these first seven, and now I want to spend a little bit of time on these last three. So these are lessons that I'm continuously reminding myself about, and I feel like I'm still in progress on these. I'm still figuring them out. Um, but I get a little bit better each day, and I wanted to bring them up because I think they're important. And these are not podcast-specific. I think these will speak to anybody who has a little bit of drive and just wants to try something or to create meaning in their lives. Number eight is be vulnerable. I, <laughs> I, I put this one in here, and I know it's important even though I hate it, um, but I used to be pretty removed from social media. I would say a few years ago and even in college, I was very active, but then I felt kind of overwhelmed. I felt like I had to produce an online persona, the Melissa who appears on Instagram and social media. And at the same time, I was still cultivating who I was in real life. And it almost felt like I couldn't do both and that they were separate to me. But people want to engage with real humans. Like people want to work with humans they know. They want to listen to a podcast where I believe they feel like they get to know a little bit about the host and why they're doing this podcast. And so I'm trying to be more vulnerable and share more about the things that I've struggled with, with the podcast or things that are on my mind or just questions that I have about the world or even <laughs> having an episode like the dating profile episode where M wanted to have me talk about my own life. What got edited out of that episode was my just kind of dead silence when she was like, I thought we could maybe talk about you. And I was like, talk about me. Like, who's that? Like, why do, why should we do that at all? Um, but I'm trying to get a little bit better about sharing more of me. You don't have to share everything about you. Like, I do want to be clear. I don't mean that you need to be an open book. You get to decide how much of you you're comfortable sharing publicly. But I saw this graphic and it kind of represented the sharing of yourself as rings. So at the core of your circle, you have you. You obviously know you better than anyone. But then the ring just around the core, those are your very, very close friends, your family, your partner, your loved ones. Those are the people who know you the best and you know who those people are. Then one ring out from that, you have people you probably hang out with regularly. You enjoy their company. Maybe you see them once a month. You catch up over drinks or dinner. Maybe you get coffee. You really enjoy their company, but they're not necessarily like the inner circle kind of you. And then as you start adding more rings, you'll eventually hit a ring, which is the you that you share on social media. And the reason why I like the ring comparison is because to me, that says I'm still authentically myself on Instagram. It's just that I'm not sharing absolutely everything about me on the internet. So that was helpful for me. Maybe that'll speak with some of you as well, but yeah, number eight, be vulnerable and 
my little caveat is just know that you can do that in phases and that it doesn't mean you have to reveal everything about yourself, but it does mean that you can feel free to bring an authentic part of you to wherever you choose. Number nine, nothing is set in stone. So things like this episode, this is a brand new attempt for me. I'm trying something new. And to be perfectly honest, I had a fear that I couldn't talk solo for a whole episode and keep somebody's attention. I worried that it just wasn't that dynamic and that why would anybody listen to me for 30 minutes and all these insecurities just like creeping into my mind. I do try to temper that with some of my own experiences. For example, I do have a fairly successful hour-long online course and it's broken into chunks. It's about management, which is another topic I feel very strongly about. Um, but when I teach in person, my workshops range from two to six hours. And again, there is an element of engagement. I'm always asking students to talk with each other or to answer questions or to engage with an Excel workbook in front of them. It's, I think, just this like invisible barrier in my mind that I couldn't be engaging for a full episode. And that's specifically why I felt like I had to do this episode. And doing the top 10 after my first 10 episodes gave me a deadline, a reason to do this episode now instead of putting it off. Uh, But I love teaching. I really love doing research and sharing knowledge with other people. So this solo podcast, that's an example of trying something new. Other things I'm thinking about, about this concept, nothing is set in stone, is that I am enjoying season one, but in the future, I'd like knowing that I could slightly change my direction. I could change anything about my website. I could change my social media strategy. And reminding myself that nothing is set in stone empowers me to try new things because I know they're not permanent. So I want to encourage you, whether it's at work, in a project that you're thinking of starting or have just started, just it puts me at ease to remember that nothing is set. I can always try something. I can always change something. Um, And so that's been a calming idea for me. And hopefully it is for you as well. This brings us to number 10. And this is maybe the item on the list that I think about most frequently. Number 10 is that consistency, not talent, not natural innate skill will pay off over time. I know that I'm not going to be the fastest growing podcast. I'm not going to be the business that people say sprung up overnight, but I'm slowly growing each week and I can tell that things will only get bigger and better over time. So the core of what I believe will make me successful is the fact that I'm willing to try new things. I'm willing to be vulnerable and I'm willing to show up for this every day. Right now, it's a Saturday. I woke up at 7 a.m. It's 10 a.m. currently. Um, This is what I'm really pouring my heart and soul into. And it's not that I'm spending every hour of every day on this. It's very important to me to see friends, to engage with New York, the city that I love. So I'm not suggesting you need to put in every hour of every day. Um, But I think a good comparison is if you imagine getting into any kind of new fitness routine. You are not going to have a six-pack overnight. And I think this is just kind of like word of mouth, something I've heard people say. But they talk about when you commit to a new fitness routine, it'll take you a month or two to notice any difference. And then it'll take other people even longer, three to six months maybe, to notice the difference as well. You would never expect to go to a gym and walk out and look different that day. 
And that's how I feel about this podcast and any new venture. So my overall success philosophy is consistency is what will pay off over time. The reassuring part about this too is that I don't think most people are as committed to being as consistent as I am. So even when I feel like I'm not doing enough, which spoiler alert is kind of all the time, I always feel like I should be doing more. Um, I'll unpack that in a different future episode or on my Instagram posts. But I know that what reassures me is the fact that I know I'm putting the work in every single day, even if it's only 30 minutes on any given day. So to recap the last three, the parts that I'm still working on or that are bigger than podcasting, Number eight was be vulnerable. Number nine is nothing is set in stone. And number 10 is that consistency will pay off over time. Now, before I recap all 10 and close out this solo episode, I do want to share that there's so much that I'm still figuring out that hasn't made this list and things that I think about, like how can I engage more with my listeners or you know, what are the right topics to choose? Or how can I find more listeners so that I can continue to help people? Because one of the most rewarding aspects of this podcast so far has been hearing from listeners, people who heard the negotiation episode, and then were able to actually use it in practice to negotiate a higher salary, or some people who listened to the episode about advocating for women in the workplace, um, who mentioned that they had never thought about something like that before and how they were going to actively try to put that into place in their job. So to recap, the 10 things that I've figured out slash sort of figured out after the first 10 episodes of this podcast. Number one, plan ahead. Number two, ask for help. Number three, guests and the relationships that you build are gold. Number four, trust your decision-making. And remember the wise words of my friend Roderick, that whatever decision you make is the right decision because you made it. Focus is key. With this one, number five, it's not just about obvious distractions. It's how can you cut down on procrastinating and really focus in on the most influential thing that you can do today to move your idea forward and to move closer towards your vision for the future. Number six, Podcasting is a bigger commitment than blogging and more complex, but worthwhile and something I'm really enjoying. Number seven, if you want to start a podcast, make sure you have an ideal listener in mind so you can really create a cohesive podcast for that person. Number eight, be vulnerable. Number nine, nothing is set in stone. Number 10, consistency will pay off over time. And then the hidden kind of number 11 is that I'm still figuring out a lot of this, Um, but I'm excited to continue journeying forward with you and to help you along the way as well. So that's the episode, everyone. We both made it through my first solo podcast. And thank you so much for joining me this week. You can see links to everything I mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at figuringitoutpodcast.com slash 11. Now, before we go, I have a small favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to ask you to leave a five-star review in iTunes so that we can let more people know that you guys are enjoying the show and the reviews also help us rank higher in search results to help me work towards my goal of really reaching more people to share great knowledge. You can leave a review very easily right in the Apple Podcasts app on any Apple device, or you can go to figuringitoutpodcast.com slash iTunes to leave a review. 
Obviously, I want you to be honest, but if you are enjoying the show, I'm so appreciative in advance. I hope you enjoyed this episode about the 10 things I've learned-ish after producing the first 10 episodes of this podcast. I'm Melissa Guller, and you've been listening to Figuring It Out. See you next week.